Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 38 of Teaching Tales. I'm your host, Brent Coley, an elementary principal in beautiful Southern California. Joining me today, a fellow educator also from beautiful Southern California, San Diego, if I recall correctly, the amazing, the one, the only, Dave Burgess, the pirate himself. Dave, how you doing? Great. Hey, Brent, it's great to join you today. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's been my my pleasure. I've been uh, wanting to chat with you for a while. I don't think we've ever met in person. I have uh, I'm reading your book, and I have seen you online. Some one of your TED talks, and complete. And I've had other guests, Corey Orlando, and a bunch of people saying you need to talk to Dave because Dave has stories to share. So totally appreciate it. And for anyone who is not familiar with you and what you do. Who is Dave Burgess? What does Dave Burgess do? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was a teacher for 17 years at West Hills High School in San Diego and a basketball coach before that. And then uh, wrote a book called Teach Like a Pirate. I was traveling around doing workshops on the Teach Like a Pirate message and wrote the book. And it came out in the, the uh, fall of 2012. And then now that's what I do full time is I travel, do workshops for teachers and also run with my wife, Dave Burgess Consulting, which is an educational publishing business here. We have about 36 different books that we publish, many more on the way. So that's kind of what uh, I do in a nutshell. That's awesome. And, and as we were talking before we started recording, I mean, you've got some, I mean, your book, Teach Like a Pirate, your wife's and Beth Hoof's, uh, I think I said that right, Huff Hoof. Huff, yep. Huff, uh, Lead Like a Pirate. I mean, George Kuros, Innovator's Mindset, Kids Deserve It. I talked with Adam and Todd uh, a few episodes ago. So, I mean, yeah, for anyone who has not checked out your library, for anyone listening, go check out, and we'll give him at the end of the broadcast. He can give you the website and everything, but he's got a really, really good selection of awesome books on how to better yourself as an educator. And what, I, what I often tell people when I'm doing the workshop during the break, I say, you know what, uh, if you're an avid reader of professional development books, maybe some of your favorite books are published right here from my house. <laughs> and so uh, they're always surprised like when I start to name them off and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I have that one, I have the one. And we, uh, we still run the business right here from our house. That is awesome. That is, that is awesome. And I think it's just such a cool thing because there's so many people who have books in them. And it's been, I mean, 20 years ago, it was next to impossible to publish a book. But now you are, you are helping make that possible for, for educators who have an amazing message. You're giving them a platform to, to share with the world. So fantastic. Thank you for doing that. And so when we talked about, we sent some messages back and forth and some Voxer messages, what kind of stories to share? The word that I told you before we started recording, when I read your book, when I, when I have seen you speak, the word engagement is what just pops off of the page or off of my computer screen. I mean, you are dynamic, passionate, which is the P in pirate, um, I think. Am I right there? Yeah, absolutely. Look at that. I took my good notes. Um, and one of the amazing things, and you said you had a couple stories that you could share that go along with this. One of the best analogies that, and I'll let you explain it more, talks about preheating the grill. So tell anyone listening, tell my mom and dad, if no one else, at least my mom and dad are listening, what, is, what does preheating the grill mean? And if you have a story or two to share along that, go for it. 
Yeah. So one of the things I talk about, I, I use a, a snake, uh, excuse me, a steak analogy in my workshops. And it's the whole idea that um, if you came over to my house for steak and I just put a raw steak on your plate, you wouldn't be very happy with me, right? That's not, um, th th there's something wrong with that picture. And what's wrong with the picture is I never turned on the propane. I never brought any heat or energy to it, right? And so we don't want to serve raw steak to our kids. We want to turn on the propane, have a little heat, a little energy. But not only that, we want to put some uh, seasoning on it, some rub, maybe soak it in a flavorful marinade, right? And we want to offer side dishes, beverages, and desserts to go with it. And so so this whole idea that we don't just are the, the content being the steak we can't just serve our content right we have to have these things that go with it that make it more palatable and those are the kind of things that make people want to dine with come back and dine with you again and when you're at when you add those things to a lesson those are the kind of things that make kids want to come back and learn with you again and so we don't serve raw steak and the preheating the grill thing i'll give you kind of a story to uh, explain this um a lot of my examples in the book are drawn right from my high school U.S. history class, but any content area, any grade level, you can do these ideas. I was in uh, Leander, Texas, actually, um, during the Winter Olympics one year. And I said, how are you going to use that? The Winter Olympics are coming up. And in fact, the Winter Olympics are coming up right now again, right? I said, how are you going to use that? Because Teach Like a Pirate is a way of looking at the world. It's a mindset of looking and saying, what is going on around in the world around me? And how can I use that in my classroom to engage kids? What are kids into outside of school? And how can I use that inside of school? What are other, what are other professions used to engage people? And how can I use that in my profession? And so it's always having that, how can I use that mindset? And so I said, let's go. Your kids are going to go home. And their parents are going to have the Winter Olympics on when they go home. So what are you going to do? How are you going to tap into that? Well, a grade level team went crazy with it. They came in on a Monday and they said, on Friday of this week, you're going to need socks. Not the socks you're wearing, extra socks. In fact, it's so important that you have socks on Friday. All right, start bringing them in tomorrow just in case you forget. Well, now, Brent, <laughs> what do the kids immediately want to know? Why, why do I need the socks? What are we gonna do with these socks, right? Well, in teach like a pirate language, that's called preheating the grill. That's yeah. preheating the grill, right? See, I don't put my steak down on a cold grill. I preheat my grill. When you drop your steak on a cold grill, nothing happens. But when you drop your steak on a preheated grill, what happens? It sizzles, right? And we want our content to sizzle when we drop it. So it's always about preheating, building that mystery, curiosity, buzz, and anticipation before you begin. And so all week long, as these socks were coming in, the kids were getting more and more excited and asking more and more questions. And then when Friday hit, well, to the kids, it was sock day. They couldn't wait to get there. Like, what are we going to do with the socks? The teachers played it cool and did a few other things first. And then finally, a teacher came to the front of the room and said, okay, please clear your desk. Put everything away and take out your socks <laughs> now can you imagine the electricity that would go through that room in that moment the kids were like ah like, like they get the socks out and then let's add another hook on top of it the safari hook which is getting outside the four walls of your classroom they said let's get your socks and go out we're going out into the hallway now just the idea of getting outside the four walls of a classroom during class time is wildly engaging for a kid right and then let's add another hook on top of it the kinesthetic hook what they had done is they had taped olympic speed skating lanes through the hallways of the school on the wax down floors and in order to be speed skating you had to have the socks on your feet and sliding you couldn't pick up your feet and run and they had to be sliding your feet so you had the socks on their feet or they had little pads they could get on too they got onto the lanes a couple of times next a couple of next to each other stopwatches go off go a couple of kids through the hallways of the school back around stop how fast was ashley 24.87 how much faster is that than sarah oh no what is that it's math. It's math. That's most 
Oh no, now we have to subtract decimals out to 100 position, right? Hey, take your scores and put them all of your team and put them all in order. Oh, now we're comparing and ordering decimals, right? Let's get a class average and a group average. Oh, now we're adding decimals up. And so if you looked at the content standards that they covered for their Texas grade level for that year, it was, I can compare, order, and subtract decimals. But if you ask any kid walking out of that room, hey, what did you do today? They'd be like, Olympic speed skating. So any content area, any grade level, you can use these pirate style hooks to make school absolutely amazing for kids. Oh, that as you were, I mean, I'm like completely engaged just listening to the story and it totally, I mean, it's such a, if you, if you we stop and think about it, it's such an easy thing to implement. I mean, as you were telling that about the socks and you asked me, what are the kids going to ask? And I knew, what are we doing this? What, why do we need the socks? And it totally reminded me, I was reading, I was rereading the part of your book this morning where you talked about, and I'm not going to give it away for anyone who reads it, but you talk about the six words, like the, the teacher had said a six word thing to you. And as you're writing the book, you don't tell us what the six words are. <laughs> so remember, it's page and page and page. And you even say, you're wondering right now, what are the six words, Dave? And yes, I was wondering, but you, you were preheating the grill. You were spicing it up. You were making me want you were engaging me to want to know what are those six words, kind of like the socks. And how easy is that to say, guys, bring in socks? Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. It's, it's a, a lot of it goes back to storytelling. And storytelling is one of the most powerful things that you can do in any classroom. And the techniques of masterful storytellers, like dramatic build and tension yeah. um, and, and weaving those things. It's no accident, for example, that many of the great religions on earth have used story to transmit messages because they're emotional, powerful, memorable, persuasive. And so embedding and incorporating those techniques of storytelling into what we do and building up that mystery, curiosity, and that tension and all that uh, it is a big part of engagement in the classroom it's the whole purpose of this podcast because i i, I mean totally with you and i've seen i mean you are a master storyteller but that's but you're right people remember stories when you said what are, what are those kids in that lesson what what did they go home saying it was the speed skating it was yeah. not i mean they were tricked essentially <laughs> into yeah. doing math in a way that was fun and engaging um but that's that's fantastic. You said you also had another story about Academy Awards. Yeah. So again, it's a way of look, it's a way of looking at the world. What's coming up that's gonna that's gonna have all sorts of attention on it, and how can I use that? Mm -hmm. Like the, I mean, the, the Super Bowl is coming up. Yeah. Well, what, how are you going to use the Super Bowl? Uh, maybe the kids can make uh, commercials for the Super Bowl. Maybe they make public service announcements for their content. Maybe, you know, there's, there's all sorts of ways you can wrap stuff into that. The Academy Awards will be coming up later. How can you use the Academy Awards? Well, so let's say I'm an English teacher. Maybe I want to do an Academy Awards for books, okay, for the books that the kids have read. And so um, let's get some categories. Book of the year, author of the year, best male character in a book, best female character in a book, best supporting character in a book, best plot device used by an author, best, um, you know, best setting for a book, best, uh, you know, you can have all these different things for these categories, right? And now the kids come up with the nominees. Yeah. Well, now we're already onto some pretty cool stuff because what are the kids doing? They're discussing literature. They're discussing the books they've read and they're having conversations like, hey, who would be the best female character? Well, do you remember how much courage so-and-so showed? Well, what about all the obstacles that so-and-so had to overcome, right? So they're discussing characters and literature and all those things, which is a wonderful thing because they're coming up with these nominees. And then Let's start adding the hooks to it. If you're going to do an Academy Awards theme lesson, well, what do you need to do to yourself on this day? 
you need to be formal. You need to be in a tuxedo, a gown. Now, I would choose the gown, but uh, you don't have to judge me. Now, the um, so the so yeah, you have to be dressed formal. Maybe the kids could dress up. Maybe the kids could dress up as some of the character, the, some of the nominees coming in. Right now, let's add the interior design hook. What's iconic about arriving at the Academy Awards? Red carpet. Red carpet. You got to have a red carpet that they come in on. That's a no-brainer, right? And what happens to you on the red carpet? Paparazzi, pictures, interviews. So you have some people snapping pictures and, and asking interview questions. The kids design interview questions. You know, who do you support for best book of the year? Or why Why do you think you should be the best male character in the book as the characters are coming in? And, and so you have all these things happening that are go going on as the kids are coming into class. Now let's add a little, um, let's add a little writing to this. Maybe the kids have to write acceptance speeches from the standpoint of all the different nominees, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't do enough speaking in school. Definitely, we don't do enough speaking in school. Right. So maybe the kids have to deliver the acceptance speeches. But if you speak too long at the Academy Awards, what happens to you? Oh, the music plays, they play you off the stage, right? So the kids have to learn how to express themselves in a discrete period of time. And you have some fun with kids that go too long and play the music and all that, right? And now let's add a little bit of technology and creativity to this. Well, at the Academy Awards, the MC goes and the nominees for Best Picture are, and they look back at the screen and now there's a little video montage or trailer for the different nominees in the category. Maybe they kids can use technology and create movie trailers for the different categories and the different nominees right and um now you're you're pretty happy when you leave the academy awards because you win that statue right the oscar well don't just buy a bunch of debt have the kids design them have the kids make them have the kids uh what they can even call they can even name the whole program what are they going to call it the bookies the literaries it's their choice it's their program right and so you have all these things happening and that's going to be this amazing experience for kids but at the heart of it what is it really it's a celebration of books right mm -hmm. and it's got writing it's got speaking it's got design thinking as they create the awards it's got all these different things it's got pho photography and video maybe somebody videotapes the whole thing and makes a production out of it and all of these things are on the edges of what you do so Teach Like a Pirate is not anti-curriculum, nor is it anti-standards. Teach Like a Pirate is saying, that's not enough. That's where we start. That's the bare minimum. Now we go further and we make school amazing for kids. So not anti-curriculum, not anti-standards. It's saying, we know we're going to do that stuff. But you know what? We can add these basic ideas, these human nature style ideas, and we can make it amazing at the same time. Yeah. And, and I was as you were talking about that, just something as simple as when I was in the classroom, I had an agenda on the board because I taught fourth and fifth grade. So I was teaching all subjects and you'd have, okay, this is what we're going to cover today. And every once in a while, you would just put, put like number five, surprise. Even something as simple as that where, yes, or, or question marks. And they're like, Mr. Coley, what, what is a surprise? I mean, you're going to have to wait and see. So all, and, and it's after recess or it's after lunch. So all day that, and how hard was that? I mean, it was all, all, instead of writing whatever it was, I just wrote surprise. Yeah. Yep. Which, absolutely. That, that drives that drives kids crazy, and I love to drive kids crazy in a good, the, in a good kind of way. In a good yeah. way. I mean, I, I use several examples in my workshop of this kind of thing with like the mystery box. You know, you, you just put a box out. And mm -hmm. tell them they can't, well, the thing it says not to open <laughs> and that, that'll drive a class crazy right there. You know, yeah. put an, put an envelope with a question mark hanging from a string from the center of the ceiling, just out of their reach. Like that'll drive a classroom crazy. Yeah. Um, and so it's just some of these basic ideas. So what about a three-dimensional object covered in tarp with crime scene around it in the center of the room when kids walk in, 
watch what happens, right? You know, they won't be able to wait for the reveal. The, so all these things, it's, uh, it's human nature. We want to know stuff that's being withheld from us. We want to know secrets. And we know what all that kind of stuff is, is powerful. One of my teachers did that, the, the crime scene. Uh, and it was, I was, it was a formal observation day. And I, and, but I wasn't coming in until like after recess. So she had like caution tape and everything all over the room. But the kids were sitting in that environment all day <laughs> until, yeah. I mean, and talk about, and by the time I got there, by the time they were so amped, so ready to go to find out what do we have to, what are we doing here? Why is there a crime scene? It, it completely, and I think that's the, the beauty of it, that going back to, I don't think this is that hard to do to preheat the grill. I think it's something like you write about in your book. We have to be intentional, kind of like the creative. I mean, you talk about how people think the myth is that there's creative people and non-creative people. Right. Well, which is, I call it the, the, the myth, of, the myth of the blinding flash of light. Mm -hmm. There's creative people, not creative people and creative people just walk around and get hit by these flashes of light and get all these amazing ideas. And the not creative people stand over the side and go, if only I could get those flashes of light, like I don't get those flashes of light. And that's just not the way that creativity works. There's creativity is something that's open and available to everyone. And, but there's a process behind it. It doesn't come as a flashlight. Initially you have to do work on the front end through the creative process, through the uh, questioning process. Um, questions are the key to creativity. I always say, if you want to change the teacher's classroom, change their questions. If you change the questions they ask when they're designing their lessons, you can change the whole class. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's definitely work behind creativity. Yeah, you have, to, I mean, as little as, like you said, watching the Academy Awards. If you're watch, if you're going in, putting that lens of, how could I use this in my classroom? Or when you're watching the Olympics, how could I use this? Or you're watching a movie and a scene pops out and you're thinking, oh my gosh, how could I, even before you sit down in the movie, how could, I'm going to look for things that I could potentially use in my classroom. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should be combing, combing current events, combing things that are happening on the pop culture scene. Whenever you see something viral, you should be not trying to fight. Our Buckminster Fuller said, don't fight forces, use them. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there's kind of, I, I use this example sometimes. I say there's two kinds of teachers. One teacher says, um, hey, I'm a rational human being. I have a family and I try to stay out of trouble. But if I see one more kid with a fidget spinner, I'm going to go to prison because I'm going to kill him. Okay? <laughs> and, and, then that, and then another teacher says, wow. Those things sure got popular fast. I wonder how I could use that in my class. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wonder why, maybe we can study why some spin longer than others. What are the, wh why is that? Um, maybe we can take them apart and figure out how they work. Maybe we can build our, own, how can we make this one spin faster? What do we need to do to it to make it spin faster? Maybe we can create them. Would we have a 3D printer in our school? Maybe we could code it in and print them out. Maybe we could talk about the business behind, if we wanted to start a fidget spinner business, what would be some of the uh, entrepreneurial lessons that we could learn from how fast these things took off? Um, you know, maybe we have a use it as a story prompt. I want you to write a story about the greatest fidget spinner in the history of the world. Mm. Or, you know, so it's always, it's just, it's a, it's a mindset and, um, you don't get upset whenever you see something viral. It's not something to be fought. It's something to try to figure out like, well, there's some, there's something behind this that's making yeah. it go crazy in my student population. I wonder if there's a way that I could tap into it. Yeah. Chris Pasifume, one of my, one of my friends, teacher in my district, former guest on the program, he has done exactly that with the fidget spinners. He has seen it and he has leveraged it. Obviously, in, there's parameters and things like that. Yeah. There's, there's, but, but 
it's something that the kids actually get to work for. You mentioned the word viral. Gosh, it, and for anyone listening, don't worry, I'm not going to sing it, but it, it just reminded me of a time when I was teaching fifth grade in the Backstreet Boys. So I'm dating myself. I mean, and I just, <laughs> say, I love the Backstreet Boys. I was, I, I was a boy band fan. So don't, like you said, with the gown, don't judge me. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I dug the Backstreet Boys. And at one point I was teaching American history about the taxation without representation. And I took one of the Backstreet Boys songs, I'll Never Break Your Heart, and made change the lyrics a little bit to I'll Never Pay Your Tax. And I didn't go and, and I sung it to the kids, and the kids' jaws just like, oh my gosh, Mr. Coley is singing because they all knew the song. So I was yeah. taking something viral at that point. And and taking it something and like you said, I think my guess is when they went home, how was school today? What they told mom and dad was Mr. Coley sung a Backstreet Boys song and changed the lyrics to to make it go along with taxes or something like that. So, but I'm not going to sing it. So don't I'm, I'm going to go out on the record. I'm going to go on the record just saying that I think that maybe you're going to eventually regret telling that story. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is possible, but hey, if it helps somebody, yeah. Yeah. try to preheat the grill or, or take something then then it's totally worth it so yeah that, that hook that actually that i talk about that hook in the class and teach like a pirate um i talk about weird al yankovician songs mm. and so you know you take songs that are popular and they're their songs that are popular and allow them to rewrite the lyrics around the, the content so just like what you did um I, I sing an example of why i sing one where i redo uh the brady um, the Brady Bunch song oh. um, to talk about us breaking away from England. I, I sing that sometimes in my longer workshops. Um, and I will also not sing that. I will, I'll spare your audience for me singing that. But um, yeah, no, that's fun. You'll, you'll see kids come alive and that kind of just goes to the whole music thing too. So we have kids sitting in front of us with unbelievable musical, artistic and technological talents lying generally untapped in many school systems. And when we give them a chance to express themselves with those talents and passions, you'll see many of them flourish that were not flourishing before. Yeah. And so offering those choice, that, that voice and choice saying like, Hey, here's the content that I want you to know and to demonstrate your knowledge of, but you get to choose how you show me that. And then you'll see kids go crazy and go yeah. wild and spend way more time creating like maybe a, a song around the content than they ever would have studying some worksheet packet or something like oh. that and so it's a uh, being less prescriptive in our assignments and saying hey being more concerned with the learning and less concerned with how they show it amen. is i think something that's that's uh important oh gosh amen amen yeah it, it's like a whole mission project in fourth grade you're gonna build you're gonna go to michael's and buy ambition and build it i mean wh where really number one where's the standard that's that's addressing but number two where's the engagement in that or yeah give them a choice Make a movie, write a song, build it in Minecraft. Do, I mean, do I mean? Because I just picture the kids saying, "Are you kidding? I get to build this in Minecraft? Really? I could write a song? Well, I don't. I don't know how to write a song. Then don't write a song. Do some. Do one of the other ten exactly. that I'm giving you. Yep. So, now that's awesome, Dave. This has been. I'm pumped, man. I'm 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 pumped, and I'm excited for people to be able to uh, listen to this because, again, I think preheating the grill is so powerful it's so effective but not something that is it's not like another thing that teachers have to do teachers plates are already 
I always liken it to that soggy paper plate that every year stuff is getting more and more and more is going on that plate. This is, I don't feel like this is like an extra load of mashed potatoes on the plate. It's just a, it's a different way of thinking. Yep. It's absolutely a mindset. It's waves, you know, how can I, what can I say today about what's coming up tomorrow? That's going to make them be ready to knock down the wall to get in. Right. It's just, it's just, it's, it's adding little things. And, um, you don't have to teach like me to teach like a pirate. So I'm sort of a somersault cartwheel style teacher, very energetic. I'm a kind of, you know, rant and ra rave, race through the room and do wild stuff kind of, but you don't have to teach like me to do that. Teach like a pirate is not about that. Teach like a pirate is about taking your strengths, your talents, your voice, things that are your strengths uh, and, and things that your kids are into mm -hmm. and then weaving them together with some of these human nature ideas that I talk about in teach like a pirate and creating the best you. And so it's all about, I talk about um, collaboration versus kill aberration. Collaboration, C-O-L-L versus kill aberration, K-I-L-L. Many systems have misunderstood the purposes of collaboration. Collaboration with a C is something that I argue for and advocate for everywhere I go. It's made me a remarkably better teacher and I do it every chance I can get, right? But collaboration with a C is about all of us coming together to get better. Not all of us coming together just to become the same. It's about improving education, not simply standardizing it. And so I fight the cookie cutter and try to encourage teachers to add their unique and creative touches, especially presentationally to what they do in the classroom. Even within a system of standards and teams, they can still add their presentationally unique touches to what they do in their classroom. Absolutely. Yeah, because because not everybody is the same. I mean, everybody is different. And and to ask somebody who i mean i used to teach with a with an amazing mrs becker linda becker amazing fifth grade colleague of mine who had a skill set in terms of the drama and she used to do play i mean it was incredible what she did that wasn't me yeah. <laughs> and, and if i would have been required to do it exactly the way she did it i wouldn't have been as successful and conversely I was more of the integration of technology and things like that. That wasn't as much her. And if you would have required her to do it exactly the way I did it. Uh, so we were able to learn from each other. She, she stretched me in, in her strategies and I stretched her with ed tech and things like that. And we both got better by collaborating, but not becoming exactly the same. That's exactly right. That's right. You both pushed each other and it was about getting better. Not yep. about becoming the same. Yep. Amen. Gosh, Dave, good stuff, man. Good stuff. So for anyone listening who has not already, like I said at the beginning, who, who doesn't know who you are and hasn't read your book or connected with you, how can somebody find you online and get in touch with your good stuff? Yes. So I live on Twitter. And so Twitter is one of the great places where teacher, teachers are connecting and collaborating with each other. It is 24 seven, 365 day access to innovative educators, collaboration, uh, resources, connections. There are no geographic barriers and it's free. What the greatest personalized form of professional development is actually free is Twitter. So I am at Burgess Dave on Twitter. My name just flipped around to Burgess Dave. The hashtag people often use to talk about these ideas is TLAP for teach like a pirate, TLAP. It's a worldwide community of educators who get together and we chat every Monday night at six o'clock Pacific time, but all week long, if you go on that hashtag, you'll find cool stuff, cool people. And uh, also you can find me at DaveBurgess.com and DaveBurgessConsulting.com. If you want to get onto the uh, blog 
um, email list and get the, like my Academy Awards lesson ideas, all that kind of stuff. Get them right into your inbox. You just go to DaveBurgess.com and it's all right there. Uh, awesome. And for anyone, again, who has not uh, picked up your book, I highly, highly recommend it. And go to DaveBurgess.com and check out, I mean, from Kids Deserve It to Innovator's Mindset to Lead Like a Pirate if you are an administrator like me. Um, there's a bunch of good stuff on there. And I'm just going to echo your Twitter um, shout out. I mean, that's how you and I connected. <laughs> I yep. reached out to you on Twitter saying, hey, I'd love for you to be a guest on the podcast. And I mean, next week, I'm actually doing a session in a professional development district event on Twitter to try to get more people because I 1000% agree with you. It is the best professional development available, free no borders, 24-7, doesn't get any better. So if you're not on Twitter, guys, cannot encourage you enough to, to get on there, get out there, follow people like Dave, and your learning will go through the roof. So there is no roof. It'll go through the atmosphere. Yeah, if you listen to the podcast, feel free to reach out, uh, connect with just tweet me, at Burgess Dave, TLAP, tell me what you thought about the podcast with Brent, and I would love to connect with you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you again. I, I appreciate it. Uh, take you taking the time to share your expertise, your enthusiasm, your passion, which, um, gosh, I love it, man. Uh, thank you. That's all I can say is thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Brand, thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you. And for everyone listening, thank you for listening. Uh, hope you got something out of this. I know I did. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe. Then you don't have to check. Is there a new episode? It'll come right to your phone. It's available in the iTunes store, Google play. You can also go to my website, brentcoley.com. Find it on the podcast page there. And as always, if you like what you hear, drop us a review, uh, recommendation in the iTunes because again, all that does is it helps get the word out so more people can find the podcast and hopefully learn and get better. So once again, Dave, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, have a good one. <laughs>